Greetings and welcome to the latest episode of the First Day Pod. Join myself, Michael Govier, and my wonderful co-host, Leanne Hello, as we talk today to my brother, Josh Govier. Josh has struggled with food addiction, mental health disorders, and a triple bypass just recently in November. He's lost almost 70 pounds since then, and he wants to share with you how he's been able to do that. Coping with his own struggles and challenges in life, he knows how difficult it can be to be the best version of yourself every day, make the choices that are most beneficial to your own health and well-being. Leanne and myself, we're really grateful to have Josh on because he has a great attitude and he's very open about pretty much everything. So get your notepad out and get ready to learn a thing or two that you can apply to your own life on today's episode of The First Day Pod. Hello, greetings. Welcome in to the First Day Pod. Sorry, I was just doing another podcast before this. I had to switch gears into First Day Pod mode. We're back. We've been off for two weeks. We apologize for the slight absence. We are human beings. You guys know that about us. We don't always do things the way we hope they will be done. But we do have a special guest today, right, Leanne? Yes, I'm so excited. Me too. I'm really glad to have him on. This is going to be a good one, I feel like. Yeah, it's another guy with the same last name as you. It's so I know. cool. We have finally <laughs> completed. We've gotten all three brothers on the show. We've had my brother Matthew on before as a counselor. He's done a lot of good work. And now we're going to have my other brother, youngest brother, Joshua Govier, is joining us live from Georgia. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Pretty exciting. Uh, how do you feel? I feel pretty good. Uh, you know, I'm way better than I used to feel. Yes. I bet. Yeah. Why is that? Well, uh, you know, uh, as you know, I had uh, triple bypass surgery in November. Um, mm-hmm. Got caught with coronary artery disease, and uh, since then, have uh, gotten away from everything fast food, anything fried, anything like that. And I've um, down seventy pounds within the last four months. Wow! Um, Fantastic! That's fucking great! Oh my god, I swore on the show. I'm not supposed to. Sorry. I'm switching gears from the other show. Right, you're good. Um, and uh, I've also it took my A1C because I'm a type two diabetic. It took uh, my A1C from 11.4 in November to in February I was at a 5.5. Wow, that's incredible. So, okay. That's standard range for the average person is between four and six. Diabetics oh. is between six and seven. So. Okay. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Yeah, it's uh it definitely hasn't been easy. Um haven't got away from sugar completely because it's mm-hmm. in just about impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but focused on low sugar, low sodium. Um and then you know, I've been using just doing exercise. Um the biggest thing is that I have at eight o'clock every night, I quit nothing after eight. Really? Um, the only, only thing I'll have is water. Um, it gives Big. your body time to process everything. And uh, I've actually 
done that, gone to sleep, woke up the next day, stepped on the scale, and I dropped two pounds. Wow. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely takes a lot of determination. I can tell you that. Yep. We know. Mike and I know because we do not have it in us right now. Well, well Mike I is. Do. I know you're you know, you're doing well. I do not have it in me. Um, you don't? I'm doing it every day. I'm trying and working, and I have an organizational structure set up with my counselor that we're still trying to make a reality. But it takes time, and you can't be so hard on yourself, Leanne. <laughs> Correct. So I have a question, uh, Josh. Mm -hmm. Do you, When you say that you're done eating at 8, what time do you usually go to bed? Um, it does vary. Okay. Um, I'm the kind of person that can function off of three hours of sleep. So um, depending on what I'm doing that day, um, I'm in school to get my bachelor's in software development, which I'll be done here in, in August. That's so um, exciting. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, But I try to go to bed by at least midnight, 1 o'clock. Um, now don't get me wrong, I get cravings between then, but I try to distract, find other things to do, keeps your mind busy. So you're not just sitting there, you know, what they always say, idle hands will idle mouths do the same thing. <laughs> um, so yes, because that's what my question was going to be is, you know, they say like three hours before, but I remembered you being a late bird and so i was like oh gosh like how long are you going and how hard does it get later in the night when you've been now like five hours without eating i do gotta say i'm the only one in my house who will probably not snack anymore and that was it's really hard because i was the you know i'd be up till 3 a.m or something and next thing you know i'm like having a snack that i'm eating breakfast or something you know a couple hours later so right. just packing it on so oh Who's barking? Who's that? Oh, that's that um, Diesel. No, that is not Diesel. Diesel's a lot, uh, a lot deeper than that, actually. That's my that... dog. Sorry. Oh, your dogs. Oh, oh we that's have, yours. We have guest dogs currently, Crazy. so. And we've got guest dogs, so we've got more than our normal than we have. So, but uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah. So it's just. Yeah, it, it definitely takes focusing and like you got to remind yourself what the overall goal is some days. So, yeah, yep. that's Chris huge. says that's impressive. Five hours after dinner and no food, only water. There you go. Yeah. Sounds like Hi, Chris. A lot hey, Chris. A lot of people are catching on to it. If you want to contribute in the live stream chat, you're free to do so. YouTube.com slash first day pod. Or if you're on Facebook Live, you can connect through there. But we prefer that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and help the channel grow. And don't forget five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Spotify has five-star reviews available now. All you got to do is click on the star. Give us five. We are live here with my brother, Josh Govier. He had a triple bypass last November. And since then, he's lost almost 70 pounds. And he is on his way. Still challenges to be met. A lot of work to be done still. He understands that, and that's what we're going to talk about here today. But, Josh, you did mention that you can operate on three hours sleep, and we're doing a book right now called The Sleep Revolution in our book club. Right, Leanne? Correct. There it is right there. Yes. <laughs> the book's got some issues in terms of depth and, uh, you know, too many antidotes from celebrities, but that doesn't matter because the basics of sleep hold true. 
And one of the tenets of the books that makes a lot of sense always has to me is the people who think they are getting, they can function on a, you know, three hours, four hours, even five hours of sleep are often living in a situation where it eventually catches up to them. And they start to realize like, wow, I thought I had it under control. Like in this example of the book, Ariana Huffington wrote it and she collapsed. And she provides several examples because they were working so hard and grinding so much and relying on two hours of sleep, four hours of sleep a night. And I think there's a lot of benefit now based on science data too, that getting a good night's rest, six hours at least, will make a difference in our cardiovascular health and our brain function. And I just think that is so crucial. And I respect that other people don't need as much sleep as I do, but I think, uh, Leanne's learning a lot from that now too, right, Leanne? I am. I am. Yep. And um, yeah, the even six hours. Leanne's like that. Yeah. Yeah. Even six hours is not good. Uh, I mean, yes, we can't. There's a difference between like, yes, I can, you can function, but like, can your body function optimally? And so, yeah, I would, I would highly recommend that like, getting your which is okay part of what i'm fascinated by is that you're not getting your sleep and you're still able to a lose your weight because a lot of the time um because you're only getting three hours of sleep your body is going through so much like it's producing cortisol and it's producing all this because it is stressful yeah but he's still body. burning he's taking in less than he burns so right that's a win-win no, no 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 that's awesome but the other thing is is when i don't get my sleep i'm extra hungry and i make Poor choices. So huh. just the fact that you're able to do that is really impressive. But yeah, I do. I do agree. We do need to start focusing on our sleep too. That, that does. Uh, well, Leanne, I do say that on less sleep, yeah, you do definitely feel more hungry because your body is looking for that nutrient to kind of kick. Now, I can function off three or four. Um, I mean, I also have sleep apnea. So I have a CPAP that I use. It also... It has an app um, that kind of tracks your sleep. Um, even if I go to bed at midnight, I'm still really only getting, you know, three to four hours, if that, of good sleep. So it's it's not even if you fall asleep there, but, you know, that light sleep, REM sleep, is what really helps your body, you know, yes. recover. Um, but even if, you know, I'm... Uh, I am a schizophrenic as well. So that, well, they, they, they refer to it as schizoaffective, which is something different, but, um, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a challenge on top of that, but, um, I've been dealing with sleep for a long time. And actually a lot of my doctors have said that not everybody, I mean, you say at least six hours, to eight hours of sleep, um, definitely say get as much sleep as you possible. Well, you know, in a reasonable amount of sleep. Um, but a lot of my doctors say that not everybody gets that. Everybody actually, their bodies function differently. So you can actually, there are people who function off mm -hmm. four to three hours of sleep and they function just fine. Now, if you do that for months and months and months on end, yeah, eventually you're going to crash and you're going to sleep for eight to 10 hours. Mm -hmm. That happens. Um, also, According to a doc, an old doctor of mine, um, after 72 hours of no sleep, your body will, or your mind will start to actually literally go insane. 
However, your body builds a failsafe into that to where you'll take what they call micro naps and you won't even know it. So basically a blink of an eye, your body actually shuts down and you get that sleep. It's not a whole bunch, but it's your body's way of at least getting you, you know, a couple seconds here, a couple seconds here. You don't even realize it, that it happens. It's literally a blink of an eye. Wow. So uh, that's been another struggle is dealing with mental illness, dealing with weight loss, because it can throw you off quite a bit. Um, I still torn. They want me to get um, gastric bypass. Okay. Um, but my concern with that is with my mental illness, you know, if you have gastric bypass, um, and you slip up, you know, like on a diet, you slip up Well, on a diet, you know, normally, okay, there are some repercussions, but they're not severe necessarily with gastric bypass. They can make you worse off than you were if mm. you slip. So you can gain extra weight. You can cause extra medical problems, um, mental health problems, et cetera, et cetera. So I've, I've had doctors on both sides of the board. Some agree with me that I, that I'm not a good candidate. Others think it's one way or another. It needs to be done for me to live till I'm, you know, past 40. So. May I ask why they're, if you're still losing right now and you're changing your lifestyle, why are they suggesting that you need to have a surgery? Be, well, because it's 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 protocol through. I'm I'm a I'm a disabled vet. My um, so I use the VA for my healthcare, and okay. the VA has certain protocols they follow, and then, then this is what they recommend as a plan of action. Because normally, people who even if they have triple bypass, um, they normally don't you know, do what I did. A lot of them, they get home from the hospital and they do a little bit in the hospital, but when they get home, they get lazy sitting around They're watching, you know, the price is right, whether, you know, um, and they're not just motivated. So um, it it was, it was kind of like, you know, you got to do something, you know? So when I got home, like the first day I got home, I went for a walk and I walked down the street and back and then I started to increase it. And then like a couple of days later, I literally walked the entire neighborhood. And then, you know, I started that now, now that I'm back to work, it's been a couple of months because I'm only four months hmm. post-op. So um, I find other ways because I'm working. I don't have all that luxury. So I, um, I've actually used virtual reality the oculus um Mm. actually has uh virtual um has like a game called beat saber and the oculus will actually keep track of how many minutes you're exercising and it also keeps track of your calorie burn um so and you know the beat saber doesn't seem like much but like you're moving your arms and you're waving around and you're dodging back and forth so you're actually getting your body up and going and over a period of time that's beneficial and it's fun, you know? Um, yeah, but definitely on the same note with my mental health, there's been a lot of things that have 
helped me um, finding finding situations that I can relate to helps me mental uh, with helps with my mental health because then I know it's not just me because mm-hmm. um, I deal with a lot of different issues being kind of schizophrenic there's a lot of different things that come with it um but i actually crossed a and recommend checking it out it's free if you have the oculus mm-hmm. um it is called goliath it's okay. a small little video game um but it's based about goliath was a I believe a code name that he used, but he was a schizophrenic, but he found that online video games kind of helped with his mental illness, got him away from all the other stuff that comes with being a schizophrenic. So he found a sense of community and things like that in playing online games. So, and it takes you through his journey in this game. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it's interactive. It's pretty cool. Wow, man, that's pretty wild. So that's a benefit big time. There are so many new tools and ways for us to maximize our overall well-being and potential now. We're living in a lucky time for for sure. And we're talking live with Josh here. If you guys have any thoughts or comments, the live stream chat is available to all of you. Uh, Josh, you lost almost 70 pounds. You've talked about some of the challenges. what about fear or doubt? Do you have concerns that you will not be able to continue with this plan? Are there pitfalls that you're trying to watch for that you already have prepared yourself to be cognizant of? Yeah, definitely. Um, and not only was I the nighttime snacker, but I also the nighttime snacker. It, it, it also wasn't just like, okay, we'd have, we'd make, spaghetti or something like that for dinner i used to be like okay i'd have one gigantic plate and then i'd be back for another like it just Mm -hmm. uh, part of it was whatever i was doing with mental health wise was kind of in a sense dealing with food it was comforting Mm -hmm. um so i've really had to be cognizant of focusing on okay this one bowl of food is enough and i have to tell myself that literally when i okay hey you know say when this is this is when so um and i i don't nobody else in my house they all they all eat still same food they did before my my wife is a big person on sweets um so my kids love sugar they're they're kids they they love all kinds of stuff so um so everybody else is doing it and it's all around me, but it actually, I find that that's actually beneficial to me because it kind of, no one else is regulating me. So it's mm. all on me. However, the temptation is there, but if you can, if you can withstand temptation, you know, you'll come out stronger on the other end. I, I know this because I've done it before. I, um, I quit smoking cold turkey twice. Um, mm-hmm. This past time, it's been three years. I just just quit and put them down. Uh, first time was seven and a half. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's cold turkey, and it was uh, I quit cold turkey this last time just before my youngest was born. So, uh, mm-hmm. well, just before we found out um, 
Right, she was pregnant with her youngest. Um, so I just it's it's it it sounds weird to have temptation in front of you. A lot of times it seems like it's a drawback. But for me personally, not for everyone, but for me, it definitely kind of drives me because it's almost in a sense to me it's a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Can can I do it now? I do have concerns that I'm not gonna win that challenge that uh, you know that i'm gonna every day i feel like okay I, I gotta just stick to you know um i gotta stick to what i'm doing mm-hmm. um so in all honesty i haven't really branched out to many different foods i stay mostly with um i stick with salad um i stay away from i found my biggest kicker was I love pepperoncini peppers. Mm. I love them. I used to eat a jar of them at a time. Wow. Um, <laughs> turns out, turns out three three pepperoncini peppers is like four hundred milligrams of sodium. Ooh. Um, which mm-hmm. now now looking back in retrospect explains why my triglycerides were through the roof. Cause right. my cholesterol go up, cause my blood sugars to go up. It's just a vicious cycle. Um. But since I've been on this, all my labs have been amazing. Um, my cardiac doctor actually referred to me as this the star kind of pupil. Because um, every time I went back to him, I was like, you know, and I, and I overcome a lot of other issues. You know, I, I was post-op. I ended up catching MRSA um, right after that. And then right after that, I caught the flu. And right after that, I got COVID. So, um, oh my gosh, this last four months has been—I've just been sticking to it, but there's been a lot of challenges in just that sh- short period of time. So, yeah. wow, congratulations! That's like even more impressive. That's even because I know when I'm sick, then it's like that's all the excuse in the world. It's like, well. Just this week while I'm getting better. <laughs> so wait yeah. to go. Classic. Push, pushing to be active while you're sick is the, the other thing. Because, you know, everybody's tried to exercise when they're sick. You're just like, yeah, nope, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so. Nope. Way to go. Way yeah. to go. It's definitely not easy. No, but you're seeing results. I'm sure that that helps. Um, do you, do you think that your family may end up changing their ways too, once you're kind of this, cause it sounds like this is going to be a lifestyle for you. It's not really going to be a matter. It has. I, I think it's also at, at times, definitely my, me and my wife have talked about like, we've, we've changed overall things now. I mean, they, you know, they still have, you know, their little snacks here and there. But we've overall, as a family, we've changed how we've ate because otherwise we'll run into, we run into issues like if we wanted to order in or something like that, mm-hmm. okay, where can I eat or something like that? And a lot of times I got to be like, hey, right, look, I, I got me, you guys want this, you know, you go ahead and do that. But we've limited a lot of places that we'll, you know, order in from, um, I had to do a lot of research on different foods and one food that I, one food that I found that actually is helpful to diabetics. It's not the greatest on 
sodium levels, but it's supposed to be really good in small portions, is actually kimchi. Mm. Kimchi Ooh. is actually good, and it and it actually it kind of gets your metabolism going. Um, it's good for diabetics to lower blood sugar, um, but in small portions. Like you, you eat a big portion of it, doesn't really matter. Right. Um, the other thing is, and you got, you got to watch how much. But I like, I don't drink soda. I don't like. I drink the only tea that I drink is I drink decaffeinated black tea, uh, unsweetened. <laughs> Because in the South here, sweet tea is a big thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do iced tea and then green tea. But not like if you buy the bottle of green tea, it actually has less beneficial effects for you. Um, oh, really? If, if you make it like you actually steep it, you know, on the stove and then, you know, you know, add water and everything. It, give, it gives you antioxidants. It actually helps your digestive system. Um, it'll help you if you're having troubles with like constipation or anything like that. It, it's actually, I did a lot of research to find out these things are beneficial. Um, awesome. and you know, they give me a little bit of pep with the green tea. That's my treat is green tea. So <laughs> used to be a soda or, you know, I used to pound back, uh, 20 ounce, you know, uh, Red Bulls, like they were, you know, candies. So, oh gosh! Um, oh boy! So, yeah, it's uh, it's a complete turnaround from uh, even probably about a year ago. So, um, it's amazing. So, but it's been a long road. Um, uh, mental health has made it, it a big issue in the past, but I set my mind that this is going to happen. Um, the same thing as can be said about me going to school. I've been going to school for the better part of a decade, working yeah. full time, and mm-hmm. and I've had to I had had to take time away, um, to kind of get my head right, um, and then this past time, this last time, it was just like my whole goal was to even if I don't use it, it's just the fact of accomplishment that I did. You know, I accomplished this task, whether it happened or not, and it's kind of. I guess it's kind of been my mindset overall mm-hmm. just to see if I can accomplish this task. And if I accomplish this, can I do this and just keep building on it? So that's beautiful because it builds integrity. It builds. I was listening to a thing earlier today and it was uh, we have integrity with other people a lot of the time, but we don't have that integrity with ourselves. So we constantly are. I'm going to do this and then you can talk yourself out of it and you don't do it. And you don't think it's a big deal, but it really is. It's, it's you know, playing in your psyche that you're just like, um, that's where the I'm not good enough comes in. And it's not because you're just feeling bad about yourself because you know that you're not stepping up to the things that you're doing. So I think that's amazing, Josh. I think that's incredible. I definitely agree. Um, I, uh, you know, I found that not everybody, I thought everybody just dealt with everything head on. That's kind of how I deal with it. It's just, everything's head on. I, I found out through the years that a lot of people, they don't, a lot of people find ways to deny it or they like, <laughs> they, they deny it exists. It's, it's over here. So if like, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind, but <laughs> everything I put is one thing in front of the other. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've, I've gone through, quite a bit you know i uh i've actually spent time in a a mental health facility 
Um, and, you know, I've had to go through different things and I've talked to a lot of different mental health professionals, um, which, um, you know, a lot of them pick up, you pick up little things here and there when it comes to mental health. I think the biggest thing is that you got to realize it's you that got to do the work. You can have a therapist, you can, they can help you through it, but ultimately you got to do the work. Um, so that's a huge, huge message. Absolutely. And that's the oh, probably, no. yeah, a big difference in, in why some it helps and some it doesn't. It's not necessarily just the therapist. It's it's us not wanting to do the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. wow, that doesn't sound like us. I mean, there's <laughs> so many ways to avoid things. It's incredible. It's incredible how much avoidance we can do. But there's really a lot to be said. Oh, Kimchi is a probiotic. That's what mom says. That's right. Okay. Very cool. It's a good thing. Hey. And I just think we could be our own worst enemy. And the things you're saying, Josh, make a lot of sense to us. Because you, I mean, what do you do when you have painful moments that uh, come up in life? Because you talk about the schizotypo stuff too and how that impacts you. I think we should talk a little bit more about that. How are you able to monitor that because one of the things about the disease or the disorder too is you can have a struggle with monitoring and maintaining your own sense of what's happening a schedule routines so how do you overcome that challenge because that's a big one well there are a lot of different things and some things i'm better at than others um when it comes to schizoaffective which schizoaffective and schizotypal are actually different but they're on the schizophrenic scale um one is basically most of the time you mix bipolar with schizophrenia. It's usually where schizoaffective comes in. So you're dealing with two major mental illnesses all jammed up in one. Um, one thing that I've had to struggle with is um, I have very, very vivid dreams um, at times. And so much so that when I, when I wake up, um, I'm not sure whether I'm still in the dream or not. So you have to do, um, you have to do grounding things. You have to find things that ground you. Um, and in, in my case, I have a very vivid imagination. So in my dream, everything that might seem a normal thing, like a picture on the wall or something like that, that'd be in my dream. Everything is, I, I, I deal on a logical basis with everything. So everything has to reasonably make sense, even in a dream. So if it doesn't make sense in a dream, doesn't seem logical, I'm going to pick up on it and know that it's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've had to get creative with like grounding techniques. And that's been a big issue for me is dealing with that. Um, and then definitely a lot of paranoia goes into it so that plays into um paranoia can play into having trust trust problems trusting people um Mm -hmm. because you're paranoid of everyone um and some of it's from past experience some of it's you know way out in left field um but those things that with my physical health and my mental health has been a big issue. Now I also have 
like on the, on the same the same token, I have a lot of physical issues that affect my mental health as well. Um, I've got you know neuropathy, a couple of these other things, and um, I've got like a lot of back problems. You know, I got carpal tunnel, a lot of these different things, and they just build on each other, and they can. When you're in that much, you're a person like me who's in chronic pain. Um, and especially in my case, uh, nothing you can take for it. Um, cause I mean, with the, we talked before on the show about like the opioid issue, right? So uh, people who are addicted to it, you know, uh, that, that is what that is, but it makes it harder for people who are in chronic pain. You know, sometimes it helps people, but the opioids are only a short term. They're not a major fix. Um, So they've, I've had to go through different therapies for that, but it definitely takes a toll on your mental health, especially if you're, if you're dealing with a major mental illness and then you're adding, uh, when you're in a lot of pain and you don't have anything to to help, you know, take the edge off, it, it causes even worsening depression um, sure. and everything else. And you, you just, you, you feel like you're like, yeah. you know, um, I, and I, you know, I was taking anyone who's been in the military, if there's anybody out there who's a veteran, you know, ibuprofen is pushed by the VA big time. Uh, I can't take it anymore. Uh, I took it for so long that, I've had issues where I've had to have endoscopes done in my stomach and it's actually eroded my stomach lining. Oh, um, so really? I can't, so I can't take ibuprofen. I can't take, uh, I can take Tylenol in just enough doses. Uh, I can't take naproxen or anything like these things. I can't take it, you know? So um, a lot of it is dealing with that pain and then trying to, be productive as well um so that plays <laughs> and plays big part into the mental because you're like all right today i'm gonna be awesome and then you wake up and you're like everything in me hurts yeah wow uh, all right i can't even sit up like i because my back is so bad i have to roll out of bed i don't i can't sit up like a lot of people i have to roll out of bed otherwise i'm gonna put more stress on my back and uh, get some structural issues with my back. So, yeah. Um, Hopefully that'll get better. The more weight you can take off too. It might be a slight improvement, right? You definitely feel it when the weight comes off because oh. you'll actually be in, <laughs> you'll actually be in worse pain for short periods of time because your body is getting used to less weight being on you. Um, Really? Uh, will yeah. that be a long-term thing though? Um, or will you readjust? I think your body adjusts over time. Like I've just now been able to like, you know, bringing in a lot of the groceries and things like that and doing a lot of like, um, I'm, I'm set to, um, try to get into do cardiac rehab, um, which focuses on, uh, cardiac rehab focuses on diet, but since I'm already there, a lot of it is just building my strength back. Like, um, anyone who's known me, I've always had huge forearms and I've had like 
my calves have always been like this, like small tree trunks. Well, they're not that way anymore. Uh, Mike knows, being my brother, I've always had a big head. My head, according to my wife, is about half the width it used to be. Um, yeah. It's a lot smaller. Um, and I think a lot of that is fluid that I'm no longer taking in. I'm making sure that I, because I'm one of those people who I hold water. So if you drink eight out, eight out, eight out of eight ounces of glass of water a day, I'm going to have extra, extra water and I'm going to hold it. It's not going to all come out of me. So then I'm going to kind of swell. So got to make sure I'm on water intake as well that I don't over hydrate. So um, it's definitely been a challenge. Um, Mental health wise has been, it's been a long road. Um, Sadly with schizoaffective, um, there are some ways to manage it, but in my case, I'm what they call um, medication resistant. So medications don't help me. Uh, I've been through um, uh, CBT therapy, DBT therapy. Um, and, and there's, I mean, I could, I could tell you all about basically what CBT therapy and DBT therapy are all about. Yeah. But if you don't know, it's kind of like the best way I explain it in my situation is you can have all the tools to build a bridge. You can have all the materials, but if you don't know how to build the bridge, you're still not going to build a bridge even with all the, all the tools. So um, I've had to like kind of go through this with a lot of my mental health um, professionals at the VA and they've really just um, the only medication I take for mental health when I need it is um, I take um, Klodopin or um, Clazepam. Mm-hmm. I take that and the only reason I take it every now and then, I try to take it the least amount as possible. So I try to deal with as much anxiety and everything as I possibly can um, because clazepam can cause um, uh, like early onset Alzheimer's. Oh, okay. So if it's taken every day. Um, so like I've had to find a lot of alternative things even for my physical pain. Like um, I found aqua therapy definitely helps me um, because it takes the weight off your joints. Um, I've gone and done uh, acupuncture doesn't work for everybody, but there's alternative situations. You know, I know the, the one thing I I definitely have to focus on because I'm trying to stay active is I have a cane now that I have, because of my neuropathy and I'm not as not as strong built up yet as I was. Um, so it helps to keep balance. So cause I've had issues of falling in the past. So um, falling. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can't feel your feet, Mike, you, unless you're looking at everything, if you close mm-hmm. your eyes and you're trying to stand still and you can't feel your feet. Oh, no. Here, up to say your ankles it's kind of hard to you know what i mean that makes sense yeah Yeah, that's true unless you're looking at everything and then you're trying to 
you're trying your mind's trying to process to counterbalance everything so yeah okay man that's so much that you have going on physically and mentally and yet you seem to be very lucid and organized and you know what you want and what to accomplish and i think people should be aware that justin just show up this way you know there's been a lot of experiences and pain that he's had to go through and that he's still going through to get to this mm. point he's like you he is he's the textbook definition of somebody who's trying to overcome odds that are self-inflicted but also environmentally and genetics possibly or any type of challenge you can think of that you're saying to someone out there hey you know what there's just nobody out there who understands me those people you people out there josh is like you he's like me i'm like him leanne we're all sharing in similar challenges they may have slight variations based on what they are but the human experience is all connected and that's why we do the show that's why we have josh on because we want you to be able to relate to others out there and hopefully others will relate to you josh and through that relation progress improvement clarity can be gained it's pretty exciting uh, yeah, I, I definitely will say that, uh, you know, I, I didn't really focus to, to really look back on it. But in my early, early 20s, late teens, uh, dealing with mental, my mental health, which has pretty much been there forever. It's something that happens when you're young, it kind of sticks with you, you know, early at uh, middle adolescence, um, or younger. But a lot mm -hmm. of times I went undiagnosed and so it was just no one really knew it was kind of under the radar i was trying to be normal in school but i knew that i knew that i wasn't but i was trying to fit in so like everyone else so um in you know in my teenager to my tw 20 early 20s i did a lot of excessive drinking probably to the point where you know, I may call myself an alcoholic, um, but I'm, I can say I haven't touched a drop of alcohol in uh, uh, at least five years. So, wow. um, at least. Um, hmm. But, you know, I've also, becoming a parent was a real big thing for me um, and changing a lot of ways because... If you're, you know, if you're a single individual, you really don't have, you don't have to worry about necessarily anybody else but yourself. <laughs> um, as a parent, you gotta, you know, you gotta keep people alive. So, um, <laughs> dealing with mental illness, and I, I gotta tell you, um, the biggest and biggest challenge of all is not letting uh, my mental illness really get put on my kids um how do you mean that's so like basically i i deal with everything that i have mental illness i deal with it separately in-house so if like the kids are around i put that all aside and i can't compartmentalize and so it's okay we're dealing with the kids it's it's parent time i got all this i need to deal with but this is for when they go to bed or whatever, I got to deal with it. So, you know, uh, you know, I've, my oldest deals with ADHD. So, um, 
there's a lot helping him and there's a lot I can relate with. Um, I was very socially awkward when I was younger. I still am, to be honest with you. Um, Not a huge people person. Um, But, you know, he's going with his own struggles. And so I'm trying to help him with that being, being the best that I can keeping my issues aside for a different time. Most of the time I'm good at it. There's some times where it kind of mingles, but I try to mitigate as much as possible because I'm not trying to put that burden that comes with that on them, you know, because then they're going to feel overwhelmed and that's going to something that they're dealing with my stuff instead of, you know, so I try not to put that as much as I possibly can. Now, does does he know of what you go through? Like, is, is he aware? Uh, he knows that I, I deal with things, but not to okay. a, a full extent. It's, it's not really something. I mean, he's, he's not at that age where it's really something we need to discuss yet. You mm-hmm. know, and it's not, I'm not as, um, I'm not as bad off as I probably eventually will be when I lose the ability to fully keep everything, you know, compartmentalized. It, it'll probably deteriorate as I get older. What do you so, mean? Um, so it's kind of like, you know, you can, you can hold something off for so long. You can work through it, but eventually with schizophrenia, you know, eventually... And I'm I'm genetically predispositioned for late onset Alzheimer's. So when Alzheimer's eventually starts to possibly kick in, you're going to mix that with schizophrenia, and that's just going to be a whirlwind that may not be something that, you know, without, you know, if they come with the medication at that time that you can handle that, eventually, you know, you, you're your faculties will only get you so far for so long. Uh, I didn't know that you're genetically predisposed to that. I mean, I'm your brother too. So I figured I know something like that. Where's that come from? Uh, it was actually through 23 and me. I found that out to be honest with you. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, there's certain genes that, uh, I mean, it's not going to say that it necessarily will. Sure. You sure. have genetic markers. Just like I have genetic markers for coronary artery disease, I found out recently, which I kind of beat them to the punch. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, there are a lot of things, you know, if, if 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 I focused on the negatives that came out of my genetics, out of the genetic test, the DNA genetic testing, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys and have a smile on my face at this point. Um, it'd be, it's... No, it's not like oh look at all this cool no, it's it's not a great report it's kind of like getting a you know a d in school it's just, you're like all right i gotta figure out how i'm gonna explain this so um but uh there are a lot of things that are you know and um there are also other other genetic markers for me and you being my brother you know being that we're susceptible to because of our uh ethnicity so um 
that that plays a part in it too. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to, but it plays a part genetically. So it does. It definitely does. Wow. Yeah. I I hope that people are taking notes here and absorbing what Josh is saying here on First Day Pod. Of course, first day pod at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email and follow us, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh Leanne, what do you think of all this? Pretty wild, huh? I think it's incredible. Like one of the big takeaways that I'm taking from this um, is that you, and you say it so nonchalantly, but I've been through this and I've tried this and I've tried that and I've done this. And I think that's the big thing is that a lot of people when they, well, same with me, but when you're, you've got something like you were saying, you can kind of like just deny it and whatever. Um, you don't do the actual work that comes along with it. So the fact that, you know, you're here is testament to you doing the work and it not always working out. But then instead of saying, oh, well, that was the thing that was supposed to help me. And I guess I'm just not helped. Like I'm not going to be able to be helped. And so then you just kind of like bury yourself in it. You just kept looking for the next thing. And I think that's really impressive. And when you're talking about the grounding, it's more difficult for you. So now you have to find different ways where a lot of people would look at that like, I'm super creative. I'm super so I'm not going to be able to be grounded when I get out of that dream. And there's just nothing to it. And so we're just going to have to deal with it. You have to get creative and you try to figure it out. I'm very, Josh, I'm very, very, very impressed with you. Like I always have been, but this conversation, I didn't know how much you've been through to get you to where you are right now. So I'm just in awe of you. Thank you. Um, One other thing I just want to mention, because you brought that up. Um, A big thing I can tell you just from just like I having mental illness and and being I I have issues picking up um, social cues from people picking up you know if someone's crying I wonder why like Mm -hmm. I I don't have the I don't have that empathetic response that everybody you know would think you'd have Mm -hmm. I'm wondering why I can pick up on certain body language but there's 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 a disconnect there Mm -hmm. um but um like my oldest brother Mike can attest that uh the time I spent in the mental health facility as the time I went in as the time I came out I did a lot of work and it was like night and day um I was definitely when I went in I was definitely a lot more angry well, outwardly angry than I was when I got out. Um, I did a lot of, um, you know, they always say you got to look in the mirror. Um, you got to do that and actually look and not look away when you look. Um, and as you were saying, Leanne, a lot of people will try something. Say, okay, well, I tried it. You mm-hmm. tried one thing. Okay, well, I've been down the ringer. I tried this. It didn't work. Okay, so I'm back at square one. I'm going to try this. It is frustrating, but eventually you find certain things. Like, um, for me, distractions help. Um, they, they definitely help because they help minimize certain issues of schizophrenia. So... Um, 
Uh, what kind of distractions? Um, like, um, I actually have an electronic drum set that I have that's it's something to, to play music. Music itself soothes me when mm -hmm. I listen to certain music. Uh, certain music will um, kind of tame my mood, depending mm -hmm. on what it is. Sometimes, you know, I'm listening to, like, heavy, heavy metal. Other times, like, I'll listen to country music or I'll listen to, you know some grunge music alternative i listen to pretty much everything across the board um i find video games i like to find video games that have a good story keeps keeps my mind entertained um sports games i like because they make you strategically think mm -hmm. so it helps the more i strategically i find things that strategically keep my mind going because that helps me keep me on my P's and Q's Makes mentally. Sense. So um, I, I give you one last example for I know because we're getting close to time, but uh, that's right. Good. Hey, look at you uh, keeping it all organized. Well done. But one of the strangest things that I've, well, it's not more. It's one of the strangest things. But I found myself um, with schizophrenia. You can get kind of lost. Um, and in, in your mind, you can get to where you get to a point where you think you made everything up. So everything that is actually going on that you, you don't understand with the reality, you think it, you made it all up. Um, mm -hmm. So I remember one time I was I went into the video game store. I came out. I was supposed to have a ride with me. And they had to go do something and they came back. But I literally wandered a parking lot looking. And then when they came back and I actually saw them, the time in between, I thought I made them all up. I thought I made everyone up. I didn't think they were real, like mm -hmm. gone through this. So I've gone through definitely hard times, but I found ways to mitigate and and keep. Um, it's kind of like that movie Inception, if you've ever seen it. Um, yeah. you gotta make that sure that something is real, mm -hmm. um, or, you know, they wake up a dream of the dream. That's kind of how my, I have to find my grounding issues. Cause I've, I've woken up, thought I woke up in a dream. I was still in a dream that yeah. I thought I woke up, but I'm actually a dream within a dream. So it's, it's layered and it, you know, it's definitely, takes a lot of work and definitely trying everything from every angle. Have you, I'm just going to ask just one last question. Cause I've been wanting to ask about it. Um, you said that you're working on trying to find things to ground you when you, when you wake up, um, have you found something that is helping right now or um, that has helped in the past? In all honesty, it just kind of changed my mindset to, uh, <laughs> if, if it isn't real, I'm just kind of going to ride it because um, <laughs> I'll, I'll know eventually if it is or it isn't. Something will, something will point out. And a lot of times to me, it's the littlest things that I find that, okay, this little thing is either makes it real or it's not like oh. the whole situation. So um, it's attention to detail on a lot of things for me. Mm -hmm. um it's everybody who has schizophrenia doesn't necessarily operate the way i do but i operate on a everything is on a logical 
re- reasoning basis. So it has to reasonably and logically make sense. Yeah. So that's handy. And it feels like it's what's interesting to me is the, I don't know how to say this, but what's really interesting is how peaceful you sound about the whole thing because I would feel like there would be was there a, like a, the, there's a lot of fear I would assume if you're that confused or or you just had a point like were you ever feeling that way that you were confused and it was scary but now you're just more peaceful it's coming across well I've been dealing with this for quite some time now um I've been doing this since uh, you know I've been dealing with it since probably that I've noticed it probably in my teens, um, you know, and I'll be 38 this year. So, mm-hmm. um, and when I was younger, it really used to like, I'd be like, Oh, what? But, you know, um, the more I've kind of come to the realization that like, I'm, I'm, and my doctors have said there are actually about a 10% of people who are, um, or is it one or ten percent? It's somewhere in that range that are um, resistant to medication. So traditional methods for mental health don't always work. Um, so you got to try to find other ways, or just you know take it one day at a time. Um, I had one doctor tell me before. I mean, a lot of people look at everything as a big, huge mountain. They have all these things in front of them. Well, the only thing you can really do is make that first step. And then you just work your way to the top. Because if you look at it all, you're not going to do anything. Um, So you got to kind of just take it a little bit at a time. Um, And (laughs) not allowed to cuss on here. But anyways, uh, basically... uh, I had a doctor tell me, hey, look, I'm just throwing S against the wall. You scrape off what you want and you pick up what you, you know, what you can and what, you know, what works for you. So you can say shit. It's okay, Josh. Okay. Just le- using the F word bothers Leanne publicly. So I want to make sure I respect her. <laughs> that's why I don't. Uh, I can understand that, but yeah, you know, I was just. No, that's it. that message is huge. I think that's like a really great place to end because not only with mental illness or just in life in general, just taking that first step forward and then the next step. That's yeah. I actually sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, saying, please. I uh, you know I work in automotive currently. Um, I have for twenty plus years, um, but uh. I had this coworker who's looking at everything and just getting overwhelmed. And I actually had to take him aside the other day. And I'm like, look, man, I said, we're all here to handle everything. You just, you focus on this one thing and then move to the next. And you just work through it. And then next thing you know, the day's going to be over. I said, don't worry about anything else. That's what all these other people are here for. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it's, it's just one Fantastic. of those things. That's it. That's great. Yeah, I equate it to going on a five-lane highway, and if you have to get off on that exit, you're not going to just go to the exit. You're just going to do the next lane, and then the next lane, and then the next lane, and then eventually you'll get to the exit. Like, that's the way that you do it. If you just went there, 
you'll never make it through the five lanes. Unless you're from Detroit and then you do the uh, <laughs> Detroit. You do the, uh, you put on your turn signal and you just do four lanes at once. <laughs> um, true. Yeah, that's true. There you have it. That's- <laughs> Well, this has been so fascinating. Josh, you've been very candid and open. We really appreciate that because that's what the show is all about. And I'm really hoping you people out there are taking some lessons, some valuable pieces of information that Josh has shared for your own life and your own benefit. He's my brother and I love him. And I'm also very proud of him. Really impressed with what he has been able to do. The wake up call from the triple bypass. Of course, that was a huge thing that changed your life in a way. But it seems that being a parent and that event of having triple bypass, both those things have been massively impactful in a positive way. And that's what all of us, we don't need to have that to happen to us. But sometimes these events that seem catastrophic are a benefit. I've said it before about my own opioid use and substance use disorder. I see it as a positive in my life, as an experiential gain for me. So this has been great. Leanne, say goodbye to Josh. Tell him how great he was. Oh, you really were. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and being so candid. And thank you for being at every show. I love you in the comments. Yes. I really do. We appreciate your support, Josh. Yes. Can I say one more thing before we go? No. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, this is this is basically just um I forgot what I was gonna say. Anyways. Um, it's really just about, you know, don't ever, any experience you have in life, everybody wants to say they're, you know, they may regret it, but every experience in your life gets you to the point where, where you're at and it makes you who you are. So, um, (laughs) you know, I, I can say, I don't always feel that I'm the greatest person, but there's a lot of people who say that I am. So, um, there's a lot of things in life I've learned that are good and then are bad. Um, but it makes me who I am today. So don't ever regret any of the experiences in your life. Just take them and learn from them. Oh my gosh. There you go. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Josh. And thank you to all of you that were in the comments and that listened to us and, um, come back next week. We've got another guest. Really excited. Yeah. Ah. We got more and more guests lined up here. <laughs> don't forget Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Connect with the wonderful, wonderful community we're trying to build here. Uh, Book Club, Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll send you a Zoom link if you want to be a part of it. Just email us, firstdaypod at gmail.com. Thanks to Josh. Thank you, Leanne, my co-host. I love both of you guys, and we'll catch you next time. Take care. Bye.